Hey folks, welcome to the Forestwood Cup Fantasy Fishing Preview episode. Big time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm Jody White. I'm joined by Kyle Wood. We are in, I think we're in Columbia technically. I think if we not, are. we're super close. Yeah, I think we're in Columbia. Uh, but anyhow, we're out here. You've been on Lake Murray one day. I've been on it two days now. We've got more days to come. We're mm-hmm. midway through practice essentially, or maybe like two-thirds of the way through practice or so by the time you listen to this. Um, oh, good point. But anyhow, it's uh, officially game time for the Forestwood Cup. It's time to set your fantasy team. Yeah, yeah, and like you don't have a lot of days left. Yeah. I mean, well, you got a few days. If you're like me, last minute is best. So true, true. You got to set it by Friday. Well, really by Thursday. Thursday at midnight. Yeah, set it Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, so Kyle, I guess we've been to Lake Murray a whole bunch. Do you want to kind of hit me with the lowdown on Lake Murray from what you've seen? Uh, Sure. I guess we've had two previous cups here before. Uh, we've had some. We've had like another tournament or two uh, in like the spring when it's super good. Oh yeah, <laughs> like twenty five pounds good. Yeah, yeah, like hogs. But uh, that's not gonna happen this time. Don't get excited. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see like a twenty pound bag or like a twenty one pound bag, but probably not. 25. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see twenty. I would be surprised to see twenty one. Ooh, might have to make a side bet. Okay. But anyway. I'll bet against the 21 uh, bag. Murray is, uh, I mean, it's kind of a cool lake because it's. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's got a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of houses. Uh, you can go up the Saluda River uh, and kind of like get away from people, basically. A lot of recreational traffic mm-hmm. on Murray. Um, I guess the biggest storyline uh, when people just talk about Murray are the bluebacks. The blueback herring that roam these waters. Yeah. Because uh, they make bass do weird stuff. It's weird, though, because the blueback, there's like, we're kind of conflicted on our blueback information. Because mm-hmm. Kurt says he's heard from people who have said, yeah, there's less blueback than ever. Oh, no, actually, there's more blueback than ever. <laughs> uh, right. I don't fish here all the time, so yeah, I don't know, know uh, exactly what it is. I think we're going to, I think, like, I'm sure that the schooling bite is still there. Mm-hmm. Because that's really what the blueback thing is. Like, it's either based on, like, brush piles or where, like, they intersect with them and the fish. Yep. Or it's, like, a pure schooling thing. But I don't know if there's a way to know exactly how strong that's going to be right now. Do you, like, do you get a vibe as to, gosh, this bite is going to play more than it did in the past? Or do the, you think it's the schooling bite? Or, like, do you feel like well, it's no, going to be kind of the same? That's weather dependent, right? So, like... It's been kind of windy and, um, I don't want to say cool, but it's been there's been a chop on the water. Yeah. And that really, it's not that those fish won't come up and school in, in that. It's just it's harder to f- visually see them when they do. And that's like, you know, nine-tenths of the battle is seeing them getting over to them while they're up busting. But and then, then... Well, yes, but say those same fish, let's say you don't see them. But you've got chop on the water, you've got wind, it's overcast. Isn't that, in theory, a fish that you should be able to... Like, the reason you people target them when they're schooling is because that's when they can see them. 
when it's right. flat and like ruffled when it's ruffled like this and they should be moving around more right like you should be able to just maybe just catch them yeah yeah they you should be uh you should be able to now again i've never fished for blueback fish so or you know fish that are eating bluebacks yeah. the other weird thing it sounds like here is there are a lot of kind of long um tapering kind of flat points yep. with a little bit of grass or like a brush pile on it uh, like you said earlier and it seems like uh, like a Gagliardi or some of the local guys that kind of know, like, oh, well, when we get conditions like this, they get I can do this. They yeah. Go like, to the... So I think, I don't think the schooling by it, um, I guess I can't really say if it's going to be, like, better than it was last time. Because last time I think it was okay, but I didn't even think it was that crazy. It wasn't like dudes were just, like, crushing them. Yeah, I mean, Gagliardi, who did the schooling by better than anyone else, didn't do it for his whole land. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he committed to it on the final day, but otherwise, the other yeah. three days, he, like, had other all things. about everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I would say that if there was a time for local knowledge to, like, really shine in terms of, like, a Cobb or a Gagliardi or a... Aerie. Aerie. Um, really, Aerie. any of the Carolina guys, I guess. Yeah. Uh, this would probably be the tournament because they probably are a little more aware of that. We'll also try to... We'll try to dive into that at some point with the uh, uh, end of practice wrap up interviews we do. We'll try yeah. to we'll try to get some local guys that maybe could weigh in on some of that. But at least it, it doesn't seem like you could graph them. We've seen a lot of pictures of guys like with a school of fish on their graph that at some point probably school. But you can't. It seems to be very difficult to impossible to catch fish that you mark on your graph. Yeah. yeah. Like it's not like. Oh, I don't know, linear maybe, where you see fish on your graph and you can drop down and catch them mm-hmm. sometimes. Or, like, where you drop into brush piles and catch a lot of fish. Like, heck, Cody Meyer did that to the tune of, like, 17 pounds on day one in 2014. Yep. And then did that to the tune of zero, zero. fish on day two. <laughs> so, if Cody Meyer, who's the best in the world at it, pretty much, can't catch any, then it's not something that's easy or commonplace. That's a fair point. Uh... Yeah, so I don't know. I, to me, so I was out in Canterbury yesterday morning mm-hmm. on the lower end of the lake. And he ran some points. Got a few bites. Like the first point he pulled up on in like five feet of water, he caught like a two-pounder on a fluke. It was blown. Like it wasn't like a schooling type fish, you yep. know. To me, if we do get some mornings where we have, or some days where we have those kind of nastier conditions... Because look, looking at the weather, like it looks like the weather is going to be look kind of iffy for this whole cup. It does. If that's the case, I really could see someone like committing to essentially running points. Mm-hmm. And if they've got, and maybe it's a local, maybe it's someone who just runs twenty points in the morning, throws a you know throws a swim bait over all of them or something like that, or a yep. fluke over all of them, and they catch two off one point, none on the next, none on the next. Two off the next one, one off another one, and all of a sudden they've got 17, 18 pounds because they got a couple big bites. Because mm-hmm. there are big fish that live down in that end of the lake. I mean, it's For not sure. like those. I, I think, like, generally, like the ones that you see breaking those schooling fish, I feel like they kind of have a top, an upper size limit from what I've heard. Like, it's going to be hard to catch, like, a four pounder or a five pounder. Yep. Whereas you can catch that fish shallow. But, like, I th- to me, I think maybe that. And I don't know, we'll see, but I think that the bad weather could open up an opportunity for some bigger fish to get caught off, like, clear water, pointy stuff. I completely agree, and I think back to that point on, like, visually seeing them school, I think for a lot of guys, uh, not only 
is it a way to say, hey, I got a cast over there? But also you can find, it sounds like there's areas on the lake that these fish will school in. Yeah. So for the guys that haven't been here before and don't really know that, it's the weather's kind of making it tough. practice, yeah. Right. Now, you could randomly just fish points. But, I, again, I think for, like, a Gagliardi or a Cobb or an Airy or someone like that that knows, like, well, there's, like, these six spots that generally the bluebacks are rolling around be, yeah. in. And then I can focus on the – because you can't – I mean, you say a point on Murray, there's – A million of them. Yeah, two bajillion of them. Yeah. But I think for those guys that maybe have past experience or came here in pre-practice and at least sort of figured that out – and have that little bit of knowledge, you're right. You could probably get on a point because the conditions outside look fantastic for being able to extend that. Because the problem we had last time is it was, like, sunny, pretty calm, and hot yeah. almost every day. So that schooling bite, like, we take off at 7? Yeah, like, the right? prime – not that – like, the fish will school all – like, for they'll sure. bust all day, but they for do sure. it definitely less Substantially as the day goes less. on. And like, the morning, the first hour or two – from like six to eight is like the prime time to be fishing right. for schooling fish, and I saw that when I met Sprague and McMillan on day one of practice. Like mm-hmm. we met, looked out, and I don't think they were big fish, but they were. And it's like six fifteen, six thirty in the morning, yeah, or whatever. And then we get out there, and then by nine o'clock, you see one. Fi- <laughs> it's a lot less. Right, right. It's kind know. of a ghost town at that point. Yeah. Not that you can't, like, if you wait it out and, like, Gagliardi or if you're committed, will do, yeah. like, you can watch a fish come up and then be ready and stay near it, and it'll that fish probably comes up again, mm-hmm. and you can hit it again. Right. So it's a, basically what we're getting at is we, we're not, we got to get to the bottom of the blueback thing. I wouldn't get crazy about the odds that, like, someone's just going to blow this tournament away doing that. Yeah, or even that, like, it's going to be the primary factor in a win. Right. Because, um, but that said, the shallow bite, like, what's your assessment on it? Because I've heard a lot of guys say it's a little bit weaker than it was in years past. I feel like the evidence I have is kind of, like, maybe it's not undecided. You know, I don't know <laughs> if it's weaker or not. Yeah. What's, what's your vibe? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I guess in, in the day uh, I was on the lake with Alan Boyd, the TBF, two-time TBF national champion. The Bass Federation. The the Bass. The the the. the. <laughs> uh, they should just add another the. They just should go all in. The T-T-B-F. the. Yeah. <laughs> he. Uh, I don't know. He he had some bite. He had some blow ups on a buzz bait. Um, he caught a couple little fish. Looking around though, it it seems to me, you know, because we've been talking about the grass, and I think. Well, there's uh, a, let's. There are different kinds of grass. Though. There are different kinds of grass. Uh, you got like the water willow and gator grass. Yeah. That are which like, is like the regular stuff. Right. The bank stuff. Which, uh, I feel like last time there were a lot of guys focusing on the water willow. Yeah. But then I feel like there's more of it this time. Like it's bushier and in a little deeper spots than it was last time. Last time I felt like a lot of the stuff I saw guys fishing was pretty skinny water. The fish aren't necessarily in it. They're just kind of, like, hanging out next to it. Yeah, like, there'll be, like, a hard spot next to it or a piece of wood or yeah, something. Yeah, lay down. Yeah, yeah. And they'll sit on that, but, like, that gator grass is kind of a... Or the water willow, rather, is kind of like a... Maybe a buffer for them where mm-hmm. if they need to, they can go in it or something. But, like, guys don't really seem to catch fish that are actually literally in it very much. Yeah, yeah. Like, you don't see people uh, flipping it, really, or, you know, anything, like, going in there after them. It's yeah. a lot of... Some of it looks edge. really flippable, though. 
I'll be honest. Like looks the water, I, the water's dropped since pre-practice, but mm-hmm. there's still some places, especially I think on the lower end of the lake, where the water, I mean, there's like three feet of water in some of this. Oh yeah, uh, some of this water. Plenty low. deep. I mean, enough. it looks, it looks good. Granted, we'll see if anyone catches fish out of it that way. <laughs> right, it's usually right. not like the way it goes. Um, it seems like, but. Hey. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess should we talk fantasy teams now? We should. Oh, one more point about the grass. I do feel like I've seen more submerged grass. Oh yeah, than the I fluffy did. stuff, Southern Naiad. Yeah, in fourteen. So there's a lot more. There are some docks. on paper. It looks a lot better this time than it did in fourteen. And some guys have been comparing it to two thousand eight, the first time okay. the cup was on Murray. Um, there are some docks that are, like, beautiful. I mean, oh. they've got, clear like, three or four feet of water under them, maybe five feet. They've got this, you know, grass growing up underneath them. There's, like, bluegills flitting around, minnows and stuff. Maybe I a mean, brush pile tied to one of the pilings or yeah, something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, dude, there ought to be a bass on that nine times out of ten. Ninety-nine times out of a hundred, even. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go look up the weights from the uh, past cup. Not last, so not last time, but the 2008, uh, 2008. The Michael uh, Bennett, Bennett yeah. Because um, I'm just curious Murphy. about. Well, you know, speaking <laughs> of Michael Murphy, um, we did uh, Bergen went out and did a uh, little video action with him to talk a little bit about Lake Murray. Yeah, a little kind of uh, previewy type yeah. deal. I would say if you are curious, if you're trying to decide who to pick or whatnot. And watch that video. Watch that video, and when it comes you'll out. probably when it comes out, it'll probably be out. I would say Wednesday should, or should Thursday. Yeah, Wednesday, Wednesday or, 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 or for Thursday. sure Thursday. And uh, I would say feel free to watch that video. You'll probably glean a little something from it. All hmm. right, so fifty-two-three divided by four. Now that was also back when they reset the weights. No. Right. No, it's well. I don't know, but it's showing his total is fifty-two-three with nineteen fish. Holy smokes! He beat Lefebvre by ten pounds. Um. No, they couldn't have reset the weights because Kevin Vida caught nine eleven, and on the last day. I'm pretty sure. I'm fairly sure we're working off correct numbers here. Okay. Um, I should look in. Um, I feel like. Oh, uh, maybe I don't know. There was, right. that, that was the weird point in FLW's career was. So that's a thirteen pound average essentially. Okay. I think it probably takes fourteen pound average to win this time. Would it take last time and fourteen? Well, probably. Let's go check. Probably shall we? thirteen, or maybe even less. Eh, probably around there. Um, let's see, 51.2. Oh, yeah, less. 12.75. Yeah. So, I think, considering it's three days. Yep. Um, although, oddly enough, last year, uh, a lot of the guys who ended up doing well had their stronger days later in the tournament. Mm -hmm. Like, especially, I guess, Canterbury, Ashley... 
uh, Heron, Kennedy. Gagliardi was, like, really super steady the whole time, to be honest. Yeah, he was. Um, and then Brent Ayler kind of fell off. But, like, it's it'll be interesting to see exactly how that sort of plays out. Like, could, we could probably see someone come back big, or we could see someone, you know, weigh 18 pounds on day two mm-hmm. and sort of shuffle to the finish line with a 12 with a you know a 12 pound bag or something right but that's enough to hold on it it will be interesting three-day thing because yeah you could kind of slip up one day but crack them another day and like if you get two good uh schooling bites in the morning and then like run up the river or just cruise enough shoreline like you can legitimately catch a lot of guys are saying they're not getting a lot of bites in practice but like they're There's quality good bites out yeah. there yeah so it'll be, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. All right, shall we dive into your fantasy team? Ah, uh, yes. Let me get my pen ready so I can I can write things down. Okay. See, in this day of technology, I didn't bring my laptop in your room, which is like three rooms down from mine. Yeah. So you I'm did bring to... your phone though, and of course, fantasyfishing.com is accessible on mobile devices. That's true. I don't know my login. Well, you would probably want to learn that if you were going to set your fantasy team or check out the pundit picks on fantasyfishing.com. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't remember my passwords. <laughs> of course, keep in mind it is free to play. It Although is. pundit picks aren't free. This is a premium feature you're getting here. Yeah, this is, this is we're giving We're giving stuff, stuff away. You're, you are making money right now as you listen to this <laughs> podcast. Um, all right, so you picked Andy Morgan. Yep. Brian Thrift. Yep. Anthony Gagliardi. Yep. Shane LeHue. Yep. Brandon Cobb. Yep. Scott Canterbury, yep. Jeremy Lawyer, mm-hmm. and John Cox. Oh, yeah. I feel pretty good about it except for Morgan. That, that'd be the only guy I would probably not have on my team. Because he's bad. Well, <laughs> he yeah. Just, Andy Morgan. He's, we all he's know, pretty terrible. No good. Um, yeah, I mean, similarly, I love my team. Uh, I have Brian Thrift, Jeff Sprague, Anthony Egliardi. Um, I have David Dudley in my punnet picks. Full disclosure, I swapped him for Shane LeHue. Uh, Brandon Cobb, but I don't want to rewrite a pick. Right, right. Brandon Cobb, Matt Airy, Scott Martin, and Scott Canterbury. Yeah, I think that's a pretty solid team. If there's anything in there I'd really like, it's I'd like to own John Cox. Yeah. And to do that, I would probably... I'd probably drop Scott Martin. Is what I think I would do. But... I don't know. Like, none of these picks are groundbreaking. And there's, like, a lot of really good picks you can have. But I have a really good feeling about uh, Brian Thrift and uh, Anthony Gagliardi and Matt Airy. Yeah. I think – I mean, I really like the Brandon Cobb and the Shane LeHue love. But to me, like, if there's a guy who's, like, ready to win this and he's one of the Carolina guys that's not Brian Thrift – it's Matt Airy. Like, he's got a little more experience than Hugh and Cobb. He fished the cup here last time. Like, it's very easy. He knows how to win, for whatever that's worth. Like, it's very easy to build a Matt Airy winning the cup argument, for in sure. my mind. Like, probably even a little easier than it is to build that around Cobb and LeHugh. Because, honestly, I think anything that Cobb and LeHugh can do, Airy can do just as well. Like, True. However, I think Cobb... Racking up top tens in the cup. Well, that he is. I mean, like, if there's one time a year he is really, really good, and he's good. Now's the time. It seems like this is, I mean, crying out loud on Wachita, you know, it was like third place or something like that. 
Last year at Wheeler, top 10, but I think it was like an eighth or a ninth. It was a little lower. Still, that means he beat Airy. Look, I got them both on my team. Don't worry. I know. I'm just saying. Um, I, I, I would love to see a Matt Airy uh, cup, but I feel like. Yeah, I mean, last year. Ka, you can make a really strong case for a Cobb Cup champion, plus lots of alliteration. That's for sure. Last year, though, I mean, Airy did finish 27th, which is not good. No. Um, and that was a strong schooling bite. Like, it was a – Wheeler was not that different from Murray, as weird it is, as it is to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it did not fish – if you were strong then, you could easily say, oh, he could be strong this time around, mm-hmm. I feel like. There's maybe a few less, like, weird things, like McMillan caught a whole bunch of fish on day one out of, like, a little sluice way. <laughs> that right. probably doesn't happen here at Murray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although – where it is, there's some creeks that only certain aluminum boats that are small can get under <laughs> or into. So I've heard. And like maybe someone that owns its name rhymes with Ron Fox. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I like that that's the rhyme you went for. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I didn't even, I've never even thought to rhyme his name <laughs> with anyone else, but like that's not where my mind would have gone. <laughs> that's but I like it. First thing that popped in my head. That's, that's now his, uh, uh, It'll be like, not his nickname. What's, um, why am I blanking on this? When you like write under a different name. Student, pen name. Yeah. That's Pseudonym? A, yeah. I don't know. We Either should know one. this. Cause <laughs> well, pen name is like when you write under a different name, I think. That's what John will do. He will write books under the name Ron Fox. You think John Cox is going to write a book? I don't know, man. Maybe. <laughs> when I After tell him how cool back to back cups, when I tell him how cool gonna... the name Ron Fox sounds, he <laughs> <Yeah>. might. <laughs> you better believe he's going to write a book. Um, yeah, you know, uh, Matt Airy won the Forestwood Cup as a co angler in 2006. I did know that. I just learned that. You know, all his best finishes in the cup are as a co angler. Maybe he just can't hack it on the pro <laughs> side. <laughs> Hang it up, Airy. Yep. Hang it up. You're done. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think. I, I think that he's got a very good chance to do well. Mm-hmm. Um, Here's a problem with the cup and picking. They're a team. all good. Yeah, everyone's good. Now I think the key to picking your team, you got to uh, have a couple guys on your team who not everyone else picks who make the top ten. Well, yeah, that is key. But I think you got to have you got to have some a uh, good chunk of dudes that are pretty versatile. Like I think you need a couple of the localish guys. Right, that have been on the lake before at some point. But then I think you need those guys that can, like a Canterbury. Like I could see Canterbury, like you were saying, you know, run down the lake, throw a swim bait at some points in the morning, turn around, run all the way up the river, throw a horny toad or whatever around, then maybe come back down a little bit, stop at a brush pile, drag a worm, catch one. You know what I mean? Like someone that's pretty comfortable doing a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Kind of on the fly. Those are the guys, I think, that are real, real valuable in, well, in most of the Cups, but I think especially in particular this one. Like Brian Thrift. Old Bub Thrift, yeah. Um, Apparently, Brian Thrift told, um, gosh, why am I blanking? Daniel Fennell, uh, Mm. that he was going to crush him in this Cup. That he crushed him in pre-practice, was killing him. And was going to wow. go to the cup and just light it on fire. So, well, there you go. That'd be like the first time ever in the world that Brian Thurston said he was doing well. <laughs> so maybe watch out. 
That's true. Um, I feel like last time here, he was probably especially bitter about not winning. Just because it's not like he was even that that close, but like it's close enough to home. Like mm-hmm. he's got to win one of these one time. He will. He will. Um, yeah, I think Scott Martin's another probably versatile guy. For who sure. Seems to do well this time of year. Um, I'm trying to think. Is there a, let me go, let me look at the $5 or like the cheap range. All right. And let's like try and sort of pick out of there like two or three guys who are most likely to make a top 10. Oh, okay. I like this. is fun. Um, I'm going to go 10 bucks and down. We got James Watson. We got Cody Bird. Remind me to talk about James Watson in a second. Okay. Marshall Deacons, Greg Bohannon, Travis Fox, Roy Hawk, Pat Fisher, Joel Richardson, Christopher Jones, not Chris Jones, Christopher <laughs> Jones, the uh, Bakoshi, Oklahoma product, and uh, Bradford Beavers, and Kyle Alsop, and the guy from Korea. <laughs> um, Ho- Hoshio Cho Kim? Kim? Kim. We'll call him Kim. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, let me go ahead and talk about James Watson while I'm on the subject. Bring it to us. So, like, a couple days ago, I tweeted, I was like, you know what, I think I'm under, uh, I'm, a, like, I'm not believing in, enough in James Watson. James Watson loves throwing a topwater. He loves fishing fast. He loves, like, going along the bank, right? He won a tournament last fall doing it. Yeah, he's won, like, multiple tournaments in the fall doing it. Well, that's true. Usually, uh, usually that plays pretty strong in the cup. It does. Watch out for James Watson. I mean, I'm not going to say, I'm not saying he's going to win, because... <laughs> Like, last time when Watson won that Open and then he made the Classic on Grand, people were saying, like, oh, he's an instant tournament favorite. And I'm like, well, no. Yeah. Uh, have you heard of Jason Christie? Um, <laughs> and apparently I should or, have said, have you heard of Edwin Evers? Yeah. But, you know, I'm all about Jason Christie, so. Uh, fair point. Uh, so, I, um, and, you know, in the same sense, it's like, well, there's a lot of other guys here who, have proven themselves to be much more consistent anglers mm-hmm. and who also know something about this part, this lake, and are favorites in their own right. But I think he's really well suited to have a good tournament. And yeah. I think he might, I think if I was going to say, I think he's probably the best 10 bucks you can spend. I would Even have to, better than Bradford Beavers. No. Who I love. You do, mostly you because do of the name. Bradford Beavers. And just his style. Uh, yeah, I would say Watson of that crew is probably the strongest because of how good the shallow bite is on Murray this time of year. But also, like, whether it's a – I mean, I feel like every cup here you've seen some form of a horny toad, whether it's by itself or on a buzzbait. Yeah. James Watson likes throwing a buzzbait with a horny toad on. Yeah, actually, if you uh, search it on flwfishing.com, I did a story with him about it last year. You did. You can learn a thing or two. He also likes uh, Whopper Plopper. In fact, if he's catching them – you better believe that story is getting linked into the uh, <laughs> into coming the, back into the lead into the lead or something like that. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm all on board there. I also like me some Roy Hawk. Yeah, mainly because he's a hammer. Now, did you see when we were leaving the ramp yesterday? This truck was driving to the ramp, no boat on it. Truck trailer, no boat. Huh. So where's he launching? That's what we got to figure out. Well, maybe actually I know this. He's probably launching there. 
but he's staying at a house that's on the water, so he's keeping oh. his boat at the house overnight, like at a dock. I got you. I know this from talking with him when I did the interview in uh, for the podcast a while back. Gotcha. So, yeah, he did that in pre-practice, too. He's, like, got a place where it's on the lake, so he can Living just keep the dream. His... Oh, big time. Uh, so, yeah. That would explain why, you know, someone was going to pick him up. Makes sense. Because he, like, probably has put gas in after day two of practice. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like me some Roy Hawk. I like me some Pat Fisher. Seven bucks. Costa FLW Series champion last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to do a ride-along with him, and he declined because he's got too many secrets. So, man's got a bunch of secrets to protect. Watch out now. Well, we're going to uh, try and blow him out of the water here in <laughs> these next three it. days. But, point being, he could catch him. And, I mean, he's really, really a good fisherman, too. He is. And he's from Georgia, uh, which, to me, not that far, not from, that South far from South Carolina. Also, a lot of blueback down there. Yeah. Like, he should be pretty well-versed in almost all of these different little aspects. So... Yeah, yeah. I could see, I could definitely see some Watson. I could definitely see some Pat Fisher uh, going big. I got, I struggle with Roy Hawk. Like on the one hand, some of these Western guys have had a lot of success on Murray. On the other hand, the Western Division Costa guy usually doesn't have success when they come east. <laughs> it's just, it's just the way it is usually. Yep. Like, Unfortunately, it's the same for college guys. They almost never come east and catch them. Like mm-hmm. it's just I don't know what it is, but the guy, the num the anglers who break through and are able to like be really successful back east, they're few and far between. Yeah, um, maybe they're throwing too many like twelve inch long swim baits in every bass, and Murray's like, "What big I am? What the? Oh, what? that was a bad. <laughs> j- that was mean." <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't even. Roy Hawk doesn't even strike me as a guy who throws swim baits like that very much. No, no, he's more a tournament guy. But he is. He's very. I don't know. I'm just saying. Of Western guys that you could see do well in the cup, I like me some Hawk. Okay, well, if we're going to say Western guys you could see do well in the cup and you like Roy Hawk, do you like him better From than... From the Costa Division. Oh. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> okay, so the one. I Whatever. I'm, look, I love Roy Hawk. I'm going to stop saying bad things about him. He made it in my honorable mentions, in my pundit picks. <laughs> I, put, I put guys who I was like, I want these guys even though I'm not... Even though I can't pick him. Like, I put in John Cox, and uh, I put him in. I think I put in Bradford Beavers when I swapped him out for wow. somebody else eventually. Like, you know, just, hey, shout out to these dudes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, we'll see. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Or anything, uh, I guess, let's look at the, um, let's look at the members advantage stuff and dial in and see if there's anyone who has been, who is not being picked essentially okay uh so fantasy trends uh brian thrift at 91 percent andy morgan then anthony gagliardi gagliardi at 74 percent guys you're idiots you gotta pick gagliardi more right yeah what's the deal yeah anyhow i'm sure the people who are listening to this podcast are not idiots they've all got gagliardi on their teams uh, then Scott Martin, Scott Canterbury, David Dudley, Mark Rose, who's strikingly consistent here, Brandon Cobb, owned by only 36% Wow! of players. I feel like you guys should pick that up a little bit there. Yeah, John Cox, owned by 29%, which is granted more than the pundits own him. Uh, I like Michael Neal at 18%. Um, he 
really caught a lot of schooling fish last year. Some of these Tennessee River guys are kind of better at catching schooling fish than you might think, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say he could be a strong consideration. Uh, there's a number of guys sitting at, quote, 0% ownership, um, like rolling through there. Nobody, I don't know, nobody in there strikes me as a guy who, like, gosh, you would be a fool to put, not put them on your team. Um, but there's definitely a couple guys we've talked to through there, I would say. Scott Suggs at 5% ownership. I think he could do pretty well in this cup if he focuses on schooling fish. He's a really good schooling fish catcher. Yeah, he's also, uh, I feel like he's pretty good at fishing brush piles and stuff too. So if he's, yeah. if he newer somewhere, he finds enough of them in practice, um, you know, I could see him doing okay. Um, Michael Woolley, top 10 here at the last time. Everyone is apparently treating that as a fluke. He's owned by 4%. <laughs> um Come on. Here's the thing. He probably knows all those places where he caught those fish last time. Mm-hmm. He might know where to find some more. He's a pretty good offshore fisherman. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's impossible that somebody or even multiple guys will do well fishing deep like he did. Right. And, I mean, I'm not. it's hard to bet on because we haven't seen that pattern be successful that often. But, I don't know. Four, I don't own him. You don't own him. So maybe we shouldn't talk, but 4% seems like a lack of respect. A couple guys. Come on, boys. Take a gamble on. Yeah. Take a gamble on uh, Michael Woolley. Um, let's see. Dude, LeHue, 16%. Sprague, 12%. I'm cashing wow. in on that big time. Um, all right. I think, I'm, I think I'm good. You good? I'm good. All right. Well, folks, thank you for listening as always. Uh, after practice, we'll have some some sort of extra podcast up, where uh, probably with some anglers and whatnot. Probably um, talk a little more fishing. Um, fantasyfishing.com is obviously your uh, place to make your picks and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you can follow Kyle on Instagram at Kyle Lumber, me on Instagram at Jody Blanco, FLW on Instagram, Facebook, and all that jazz. All the good stuff. FLW Fishing and uh, FLW Official on Snapchat where there have been a number of pretty intriguing takeovers from some pretty big names these last couple days. So if you're not on that Snapchat game... You missed out, because you're probably listening to this, and it, oh, they only true. last like 24 hours that's or whatever, true. so you missed a whole bunch of Andy Morgan on Snapchat. You're <laughs> lost. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, thanks for listening, and uh, be sure to tune in, because it's cuff and it's rocking. Right on. See ya.